influencers. Let's get bouge. Listen to A. Thompson for an hour. I'd rather fuck a blood relative. It's A. Thompson. Bam, 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 bam. Ladies and gents, welcome back to A. Thompson and Other Disappointments, your twice and sometimes thrice weekly delve into all things awful. Um, it is, uh, what, time to kick back with a brew again, a cup of tea, beer, coffee, G&T, whatever it is that you need to get you through the crossfire hurricane of the corruption and chaos that's going on out there. Um, as always, a cheeky wink with a tip of the gentleman's hat to the Patreon backers. Um, frequent listeners will uh, remember that we reached our goal a few weeks ago of 21 Patreons, the first 21 Patreon backers. Uh, and I said I would do a sort of celebratory cult night. You know, I'm sort of building a cult of fellow depressive individuals who meet on the Internet you know, you might have caught me on Twitter or TikTok or whatever. And so I call us binfluencers. We're not influencers. We are binfluencers. You know, we scrape the bottom of the bin and we shove it to you. We're like, ah, look at that shit. It's not inspiring. It's not uplifting. It's, <laughs> it's showing you the muck of society and politics. Um, anyway, in celebration of the growth of the podcast and indeed the Patreon, um, I'm doing this live night. And you don't need to be a Patreon to come to it. It's open to everyone. But it's just sort of, you know, a party-ish, a gig that I'm putting on. There's live comedy. Uh, you know, there's a podcast. Um, we're going to do a few games, beers. So that is, uh, when is that? That's on Thursday the 28th of September at the Book Club in Shoreditch. So if you want to come down to that and you can get to London that night, you know, maybe book yourself a long weekend make a weekend of it if you fancy a trip down south or you know whatever catch up with a few friends and then you know you come to this on a thursday uh you can still grab a couple of tickets to that if you hit the link in the description to this episode also while we're on the subject of podcast admin uh if you can't make the september one don't worry like me super tansky and danny fucking price we're going to do another riot society night in november so that is near tower hill in London again, I I would like to do like more stuff outside of London, but like money's fucking tight at the moment. So <laughs> maybe I'll wait till, you know, we'll set a goal of 50 Patreons or something. So I've got some budget to work with. Um, Anyway, so yes, you can you can grab tickets to that one also. Um, If you're not really sure what the Riot Society is like, we did we did one of these nights in February. Uh, it was really great fun. 21 Soho. Um, And then we did one at Glastonbury Festival. And now we're doing another one in London in Tower Hill in November. So, yeah, you can grab tickets to that. Uh, same links in the description. Just go to funk27.co.uk forward slash shows. Um, and I should probably mention, you know, while, while I'm plugging everything here, as always, tickets, episodes of the podcast, the Discord chat, you know, the instant messaging thing that we're all on. Uh, the RSS feed, so you get the episodes plumbed straight into your podcast player. The monthly chat with yours truly. Like, I jump on Skype. I let Patreon backers, you know, have an hour and a beer with me. They can ask me anything. And and getting credited at the end of the shows. You know, the episodes when I read out all of the Patreon's names. And the live meetups, the in-person meetups that we do in Brick Lane. All of that is on 
Patreon. Com. So if that is your thing, if you want to get involved in this little community, this little cult, um, jump on patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson with an I-N at the end. Right. What are we going to talk about today? What shall we rant and rip and roast and ridicule this overcast and drudgy lunchtime? Um... You know, this this cold and drizzly supposed summer afternoon <laughs> in which, as per usual, there are no shortage of unmedicated morons lining up on the Internet to wheel out that same line again. Well, if gl global warming is real, how come it's rainy then? You know, that stuff. Cheers, by the way. Um... Every time, you know, oh, it's not global warming. It's not, it's not but it's, ra it's raining, though. And you read the replies to these tweets and these posts and, you know, people appearing on each other's podcasts, dismissing it. And, and the replies are like, like, God bless each and every one of you who are still trying. You still... <laughs> have the patience to try to explain to these people, you know, trying to explain climate change to these people like, like you aren't a human trying to explain chess to a Labrador. That's basically what you are in that dynamic. Because it's been going literally years now. They're not going to get it. They're just not. Like, why are you even trying still? Like, I applaud, I applaud the tenacity, you know, the perseverance. But the reality is this. Like, it doesn't matter how you break it down to them, how polite and civil you remain while explaining it, or what sock puppets you use, they're never going to get it. They're just not. It is beyond them. It's outside of their ability. They can do other stuff. Sure they can. You know, they can read an autocue. They've got other skills. They can reply to an email. They just can't do this. They just cannot understand it, you know? It's like, you know, my, my dad. My dad can write a three-part documentary about the murder of John F. Kennedy. He can. He can do that. He's done that. But I cannot explain modern technology to him. It is beyond him. Which is fine. Like, like not everyone is made to be a fucking genius about everything, are they? And so, you know, I guess with climate change, you know, not everyone has to have a full understanding of the the complexities of, of in fact it's not even that complex is it for fuck's sake like, that's what's so infuriating about it it's like like 98 percent of scientists or whatever that stat is like they all recognize and accept that human beings 
have created more carbon. They've stuffed it in the air. It's heating the atmosphere. The global temperature is going to melt the ice caps. That's going to cause flooding. Like the global temperature is increasing and it's going to have side effects. And that's going to mean more extreme and erratic weather. No, it doesn't mean it's going to be 25 degrees and sunny every day. Yet tap dancing tosser like how many times do you have to be told that even now man like the theory about global warming warming and, and climate change has been going on for like 40 years or something and it's like happening <laughs> now in front of our eyes on our news reports even as india is sodden you know, just washed away villages and what was that thing the other week? Like 500 dead or something? Just these, you know, erratic weather and monsoons and more powerful storms with greater frequency. Even now, like pop on Twitter as all of this shit is going on 40 years into the theory of this. And people are like, well, well it's, it's raining out there, isn't it? So so, so much for global warming. <laughs> then they just carry on spraying aerosols and burning oil wells and, you know, like it's fine to kind of, you know, not understand. It's like it's fine not to get it the first time. That global warming means, you know, globally, the temperature is gradually increasing like it's not a fucking five-day forecast of pleasant weather for you like it's fine to not get that once but when you get told it you know explained to you three or four times 10 20 times by different people with degrees and letters after their name like then if you come back after all of that stuff and dismiss it again and again that makes you a fucking idiot it does i'm sorry but it does. Fucking educated journalists and politicians are spouting this stuff, like, even now. And it comes back to that thing I always say, like, are they really this stupid? Or are they just hoping you are? Because honestly, like, without fail... Every time, like, if it's, you know, it's a bit of rain in Bournemouth or, you know, drizzle in Hertfordshire or something, every time, out they come. It's like, oh, not, not seeing much global warming here, are we? <laughs> they shrug, looking out of their rained-on double glazing. And here's the fucked up part. They'll say that, like, while the news is on in the background, telling them that it's 50 fucking degrees in China and Europe is melting. They'll say that. Not quite connecting the dots. I'm like, how do you not get this? Even now. Even after 20 different people have explained it to you. And there's been whole movies about it. Like, ha ha have you been in a boating accident? Is that what's happened here? But it's, it's rainy, though. Like, have you have you got someone to pick you up, Alison? Have you? R rainy. Like, this is, this is why I think we're all fucking doomed. This is a clear-cut example of it. Like, God bless you if you are still trying to correct 
or educate these people. You must have the patience of a, not just a saint, but the patron saint of faith in humanity. That's what you might like. I don't have that anymore. You know, I'm, I'm like, I, I hope there's a patron saint of that because I've got fucking nothing. I'm all out of that. Me, I'm I'm praying. That's what I'm doing. Fuck waiting for a saint. I am begging a god I don't even believe in to grant me the superpowers the saint would have had. You know, that patience shit. Like, Lord, Lord above, please grant me the patience necessary to deal with these witless cretins you send me every fucking day. Please, Lord, I beg of thee that I might be... <laughs> empowered with the superpowers of patience and then i don't know do we, that would that make me a saint maybe i don't know but yeah anyway that's that's me i'm done but i see some of you still trying to correct them and educate them and deal with them where i have run out of gas i see the tweets i see the comments in the comment sections where people are still trying, you know, they're like, listen, listen, Alison, Alison, it's not that complicated, love. Um, it just means, you know, it might be one or two degrees warmer here. We might get a tornado and a couple more hurricanes and floods and earthquakes. Meanwhile, the places we buy our food in from, they're going to scorch in 50 degree heat, Alison. And there's going to be droughts and wildfires and washed out crop fields and billions of migrants. Uh, like, because honestly, like, it really isn't that hard to understand this shit, is it? Like, you would think it'd be fairly easy to catch people up on this shit. Certainly journalists whose entire profession revolves around establishing the truth, right? Like, it shouldn't be that hard, right? And it's not that hard, but it is, unfortunately, science, <laughs> isn't it? And stats and experts. And when it's those things, then this, you know, new 2016 onwards breed of people, they fucking break out in hives, don't they? They're like, whoa, 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 hang on a second. Like, did you, did you say experts? You know, and then their bottom lip starts wobbling like it upsets them. Or it makes them cross for some reason. You know, they grab their whiskey pitchers and pitchforks like an angry village mob, like an 18th century village mob backward as fuck and they just don't want to be told that the fucking well water has been poisoned something like that you know like that's what this is like people just don't want to be told the bad news they refuse to accept it like i don't know when that changed but somewhere along the line this is probably the fault of social media again. I don't know, but like somewhere at some point we lost the ability to take bad news, I think. And now, you know, now we're just this village of people angry that the well has been poisoned. But instead of listening to the guy that's warning us, <laughs> we lynch the fucker. <laughs> so we can all go back to just enjoying the well. Like that's kind of what this is feeling like to people who still have brains. It's like the guy in the village is like, yeah, I saw um, I saw a horse take a shit in the well 
Um, so I, th I think maybe we're going to have to make another well or something, and maybe we work harder at keeping the animals away from this one or something. Like, what do you know about wells? Anyway, who made you king of the well? I didn't vote for you, you fucking unelected water wanker. <laughs> so I'm like... And he's like, well, um, I mean, I've I've used that well all my life and I've I've stood guard on it. Uh, I've built three of them before. You know, I know wells. OK, um, I just don't want your kids using that one anymore and, and getting sick. You know, you're just trying to control us. That's why he's trying to control who gets to use the well. But no, no, I, I I just don't want your family becoming unwell. Uh, un, un what? Unwell, you know, like sick, infected, unwell. You're trying to unwell us, de-well us. You're trying to take away our rights, take away the things that we need to run an efficient township. I mean, what's next? A uh, cashless society? I can, I can see this is just the beginning, and we won't stand for it, will we, guys? And then this is this is the point where it gets you know kind of really problematic because then this twat that's like railing against the guy who's trying to warn them all. This guy, he quite likes the fact that everyone's listening to him, you know, and he's the leader, almost, you know, maybe this whole thing will make him town councillor or town crier or, you know, whatever, and he'll get all the trimmings if he just keeps this shit up, you know, <laughs> keeps ridiculing the warnings, leading people down there, or, you know, he's like, follow me down the well, everyone, you can't stop us, you know, and he's like, I'm, I'm not trying to stop you, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not trying to control anyone. I honestly just don't want anyone to get hurt. I don't want you to drink the infected water. <laughs> and the guy's like, follow me, everyone, because listen, listen to me, townspeople. Gather here. Now, listen to me. You can have the well water. There's nothing wrong with the well water. Don't let this globalist authoritarian restrict your God-given freedom, your right to gulp down this shit water. <laughs> I, know, I know that all sounds ridiculous, but... But that is this. This is that. It's Brexit. It's the pandemic. It's global warming. You know, we've just developed this sort of thing where half the population is just this, you know, paranoid, insecure mass of morons, you know, who run towards the well. Not just not believing the warnings at this stage, but like a lot of the time, even mocking the guy that's warning them. Like, not only do they not like the inconvenience of having a poisoned well, you know, like not only do they feel maybe a bit insecure that this guy that's warning them, he might know more than them about this particular thing, but they're so devoid of self that they full-on make this thing their whole identity, you know? And so they stand there laughing at him, like, from the well, standing there, like, pointing back at the guy who was warning them while they scoop out poop water, lapping and slurping it up. You know, they're like, oh, oh dear, should I, should I not be enjoying the tainted water? Oh, dear, oh no, look at me, I'm, I'm Eve taking the forbidden fruit, oh, whatever will happen to me. And he's like, no, 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 please, please, please don't drink it. But they gulp it down with their literal shit-eating grins. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what the big deal is, you know, just shoveling it in and it just sludges into their mouths and down their fronts. And, and then what? What happens then? Smash cut to 
24 hours later, the whole town's laid out on the floor, trembling, weak bodies, you know, just reverberating with hepatitis and E. coli, looking like some sort of fucked up top of the hill mass suicide or something, you know? Like, that is the sort of irony to this, isn't it? It's like we look at these people like they're cult members a lot of the time, like they're Brexity flag-wanking ideologues. Like, we joke how they're so deep in the Kool-Aid. And I always imagine them as being part of a sort of, you know, a, a Scientology-style cult, you know, where they follow each other into a field with their robes on and Union Jack waving and they... You know, drink the Kool-Aid at the top of the hill like that. Like that fucking, that cult years ago. When was it? I think it was in the 80s. You know? Where they, they like all drank the thing at the top of the hill and then they all died together. Don't know if you remember that. Like we take the piss out of them as though they're that kind of caricature cult sometimes. You know, they drink the Kool-Aid. And, and, and eventually they will all lay down and die on the hill together. You know, such is the can kicking of Brexit, of trying to get to those sunlit uplands. Like every juncture, it's got a little bit further away and they're a bit more desperate to kind of get like first it was just you know vote to leave the eu and then we had to leave the single market and then it was the customs union as well and then it had to be a hard brexit and then they had to debase the conservative party and then it was parliament and now it's the ech like every time it's something else's fault something bigger has to get smashed to pieces and broken until eventually there will be nothing left to break to satisfy this cult this religion of brexit but the idea that the sunlit uplands will still be there like the unicorn narnia of brexit will actually have to become heaven <laughs> and to get there you will have to kill yourself like that is where that is how i imagine brexit brexitism's end game maturing and yet you know if we go back to the well metaphor thing you know the guy warning them don't please don't drink the water please it's been contaminated and they all like you know maliciously drink it at him <laughs> shit round their mouths locking eye contact within the whole time like meanly drinking the water <laughs> and then you know weirdly they all end up fucking dead on the hill too right <laughs> so maybe that really is just a natural end state of this sort of thing whether it's officially a cult or not but yeah anyway never ceases to amaze me man this angry refusal to accept that somebody else might know better than you about something <laughs> and it's weird isn't it because you know they deride experts in trade climate change stuff and vaccines they deride experts right up until the point where they happen to agree with them right like what was it was it um was it the ifs like the institute for fiscal studies or um or the obr the office for budget responsibility or like i can't remember which one it was there's too many acronyms too many acronyms, like OMG, guys. There's too many. Anyway, it was one of them. OBR, IFS, something like that. 
Uh, and the Tories were like, they were like, well, the um, the OBR or whoever it was, they were like, the OBR was saying that we can expect as much as a 0.003% uptick in GDP by 2075. <laughs> if if we implement this amazing new policy, that's what the OBR say. Right. And then the, the woman interviewing was like, right. But what did they say? What do they say about Brexit? Oh, well, never mind about that. <laughs> like, I like experts, except when I don't. It is that sort of thing. Yeah? And you know what? It would be nice if just once Labour were out front and centre, you know, dismantling this stuff. I mean, like, probably not about Brexit. That's sort of, you know, old news now. But like in the, in the same way that they shied away in Brexit from engaging intellectually with immigration, you know, they're now doing the same thing with climate change. Like, they didn't have the balls to come out and say, yeah, look, immigration is a net positive for the UK. And actually, the problems you're facing in these northern and midlands towns off the back of immigration, they should be handled by using the taxed income of people arriving in your area to make sure that then, like, nobody's left behind, right? But instead, they were like, oh, the Tories are going a bit uh, bit anti-immigrant over there. Well, that's that's obviously where the votes are. Maybe we should say that we're tough on immigration too. And then it's like, Labour, tough on immigration. Like, no! Why can't you people just explain why something is rubbish, you know, and win the intellectual argument, make the other side look stupid, you know? Like, I was there at the time. I was like, why is everyone across the left and the right trying to outkip UKIP, you know? Like, where was the alternative? And now it's like, you know, the, the same thing with you, Les. In Uxbridge, it's the same thing. Oh, they lost that vote by 495 votes. 495 people out of an electorate of about 50,000. That's 495 people who were too stupid to understand what they were voting against. And yes, I will call them stupid. This isn't the BBC. Like, I'm sorry. But the fact that so many of them... And I know I said 495, right? But that's just how many tipped Uxbridge back to Tory. That's the difference between Tory and Labour. But it was actually 13,000 people that voted Conservative. The fact 13,000 people voted Tory is astonishing. The fact anyone was swayed by ULEZ is astounding. Like, I would love to sit down with them. I'd love it. I'd just ask some questions. I'd, I would interrogate. I'd just try and make sense of it. You know, I'd be like, oh, so you, you don't like the ULEZ extension. Right. Well, who do you think originally implemented it? Yeah. Boris Johnson, your MP. Do you remember him? The guy with the silly hair? You must remember him. He was literally just here. <laughs> so if you don't want ULEZ, fine. But you don't get to brand it as some Labour lefty extension of just stop oil ideology or whatever when it originated from your Tory MP. And here's the other thing, right, while I'm on while I'm on the subject, Uxbridgeians, like we all know this is a Sadiq Khan thing, right? 
because when Johnson suggested it, he was mayor, right? This comes from the mayoral office. It's not a constituency matter. And we know it's not a constituency matter because Johnson was your MP. He's against the extension. And still he did absolutely nothing about it. Like, if it could be affected by whoever the constituency MP was, Boris Johnson would have stopped it, wouldn't he? So, yes, sorry if I sound like precisely the sort of fire-breathing, radicalised, intolerant lefty the Express would probably want to portray me as. But, yes, maybe all of you who voted Conservative in Uxbridge because you were concerned about you, Les, maybe you are all stupid. <laughs> I mean, how do you pivot and posture your way around this? You're like, well, uh, I, I just think it would be better if we had a Conservative MP to push back against it. Uh, you, you've just had one, mate. How did that go? You want, you want a Tory to push back on a Tory-spawned project that they've abandoned responsibility for, then they've handed it over to Labour... And now they're railing against their own idea. And it's one that they don't currently have any authority to push back on. Have I got that right? <laughs> and that's that's before we even get into the, the, the Grant Shapps layers to this. Like, he sent the instruction to Sadiq Khan. He, said, he demanded that he extend ULES. So this has come from a Tory cabinet. And it's not hard to find this stuff. I found it in seconds. It's out there on the internet. Go and have a look. Grant Shapps, 2020. He writes to Sadiq Khan, Mayor of London. And he's requesting that he enlarges the congestion zone and ULES and makes it a condition of him receiving further funding for TfL. He's like, do this. Or you don't get the cash for the tubes and the buses, you little shit. Which I'm, you know, I might be paraphrasing there a little bit. And then Sadiq Khan is like, oh, all right. <laughs> and then three years later, 20th of July, just last week, Shaps is out here on Twitter, face to cam campaigning for the Uxbridge by-election. And the tweet accompanying it says, I'm, I'm out campaigning with all three of our candidates and I know they will be tireless champions for the local communities. Vote Conservative. And it says, I'm in Uxbridge and South Ryslip. Vote for Steve Tuckwell today to stop Sadiq Khan's ULES expansion. So in 2020, he's like, you better expand ULES or you're screwed. 2023, you have to stop Sadiq Khan's expansion of units like that shows you the caliber of cretin that you're dealing with here <laughs> and we're not supposed to call these people stupid really or at best you know let's let's be generous here people that vote for that kind of candidate that kind of politician what can we call them if they're not stupid ill-informed hoodwinked maybe Oh, yes, Aid. Yeah, you should just say that um, yeah, they've been conned. You should just say they've been hoodwinked. That is that is much more civil. Well, OK. You know, but it's, it's hard to keep it civil when you do stick to hoodwinked. <laughs> and it's like, look, it's not your fault you got conned, guys. It's not your fault that you were told that there, there wasn't horse shit 
in the well water. And then they're like, oh, fuck off. I haven't been conned. I know what I'm doing. You bloody lefties. Do you think you're so good? Don't you know you got it all figured out and we're just too stupid? Don't you? Well, fuck you. And then they, you know, knock back another bucket of E. coli smoothie. <laughs> Whatever. Like, like it's, it's hard not to call that kind of person stupid, isn't it? You're trying to be courteous, so you dilute it down to a little bit. Well, you know, maybe, maybe you've been hoodwinked. But then even that they take offence to. What are you supposed to call that kind of person? I don't know, man. Like, like it's kind of funny, really, isn't it? Like, it's, like normally it's the boomers and their right-wing rags who sort of, um, you know, they bang on about how everything was better in the good old days, you know? Like not to generalise, but, you know, when, like when they come out with shit like, um, uh, well, you know, we never had COVID jabs back in my day and everything was all right back, you know, <laughs> just they just dismiss a pandemic as a nothing burger, you know, or or they accept that something's real, but somehow it would do you good to suffer it. You know, that whole thing like might 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 be just what these whippersnapper entitled millennials need, you know, that that thing. Back in my day, we didn't have fancy things like central heating. And I grew up all right. It, it never did me any harm. You know, just just minimizing the damage and danger of things. As a, as a proxy of talking how character building and amazing their childhood was. Things were simultaneously not that much of a big deal. And yet also, I am a hero for surviving them. You know, that kind of mentality, you know? Just minimising the damage and danger of things. Trivialising. Constantly. Oh, back in the 60s, my dad used to beat the living shit out of me three times a week. It never did me any harm. <laughs> Save for traumatising me into, into normalising the idea that beating children is an acceptable hobby. It never did me any harm. Back, back in the 70s, we didn't have food from all over the world and at all times of the year. We we ate boiled leaves. That's what we did from a holly bush boiled in me dad's repurposed bath water. <laughs> oh, yummy. Yummy. It was so good. So it was me boiled holly leaves stew. It was a bit prickly, but but it was good. It was good for contrast. You know, it, re it really made you appreciate when you weren't eating it. <laughs> And, you, and you'd finish it up. You'd finish the whole bowl. And, and then your pudding, your, your dessert was uh, was thistle. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, wait. The, the, the main course was boiled holly bush stew with a side of thistle. <laughs> and dessert, the, the treat afterwards, was the exact same dish except without my dad punching me in the kidneys. <laughs> that was a dessert. So it was. That was back in the good old days. When everything was shit. So, yeah. No, normally, it's the right-wingers and boomers that do that shit. You know, they hark back to the supposed good old days, don't they? But honestly, like, the way things are going, I now find myself... Like, I long to return to a simpler time, too. <laughs> I do, like... You know, a simpler time when... When morons just kind of knew they were morons and we dealt with them accordingly you know like stupid people just got sat somewhere slightly different 
at the pub or in the school, you know? Like you'd have a you'd have a mate. And you'd be like, ah, Pete here. Pete here thinks you can teach dogs to speak English. Like what what a fucking idiot. And everyone laughs and mocks Pete. You know, everyone's like, you fucking idiot, Pete. Like, maybe you should be in a different school. You know, like, like I'm not sure you should even be talking about what you can and can't teach dogs, Pete, because that level of idiocy is going to make it weirdly obvious that you can't be taught properly anything. English, biology. <laughs> it's like some some sort of meta levels deep stupidity, Pete, where where you worrying about what you can or can't teach a dog is what gets you ejected from the comprehensive and inducted into Hollyport Manor or some shit. Like, do you know what I mean, though? Like, back in the good old days, you still had idiots. You've always had idiots, I know, but, like, you just didn't have to worry about their stupidity, like, wreaking havoc on the rest of us, you know? In the good old days. Like, whereas now... What do they do? Now they all band together. Now it's like strength in numbers. Now they're unified. Now there's millions of them. And they're stronger. You know, it's like they're a fucking minority that deserves a voice or something. Like, like imagine if they were actually a recognised minority. Like, idiots, you know, to get... Like, they should probably have rights too, I know. Like, you can't just segregate people with a low IQ, can you? Like, you can't be mean to them and not give them a say in how things are run that affect them. But yet, at the same time, you kind of have to because they're idiots and they're just going to keep messing everything up. Jesus. What if they were like a recognised minority though, man? You know? What if they were like, we are the cretins of Britain and there's, there's a lot of us, actually, and we are now united you know, we're probably not actually even a minority, to be honest with you. <laughs> we demand to be heard because, because look, you know, I, I, the other day I tweeted that climate change can't be real because there were hot days once in 1962 and, and 3,000 other people saw it and they felt emboldened and retweeted it. And now, now, guys, it's a movement. Now we're a movement of cretins. We're a think tank. Even and that must mean that that we have a point, and, and and it's a point that the morning news shows feel that they need to reflect with a with a panelist and cue cards and like like I am never normally one of the people who say this right, but I'm going to say it now for you. Like, can we please just go back to the good old days where we could identify a moron, medicate them, and treat them accordingly? You know. Can we go back to that? Because I would give anything. I would take the worst of the good old days. The worst aspects of that society, of that period. I would take the worst of that to get back to the removal of idiots from having any say in how the country has run. I would take the worst of that period, I promise you. Like... Like, I would take a shot of diphtheria. I would give both of my kids scarlet fever and polio if it meant we could just somehow put the idiots back in the genie bottle. Do you know what I mean? Like, wait, hang on. Does that work? You can't, no. You can't bargain with a genie. 
genies don't bargain. I don't think that's how genie bots work, is it? Like, you just make the wish, right? I should just wish for the idiots to go away. But, you, like, you guys, you knew what I meant, right? I'm sorry. I'm fucking tired today. I've been up since 3 a.m. again. Second day in a row. Uh, funny if that was the deal, though, you know, with the genie. <laughs> like, what? What kind of cunty genie would grant you a wish to go back in time, you know, to the good old days? And he'd be like, well, you know, you get you get three wishes. And then you're like, OK, well, I wish we could go back to when idiots were kept medicated and locked away in psych wards. And then he's like, well, OK, yeah. So you do get your wish, but I am going to have to give your kids a one in five chance of death. Like, what kind of weirdly malevolent shit is this? Like three wishes, but with a twist? <laughs> like... Like some dark rewriting of Aladdin or something, you know, directed by Tim Burton. Anyway, what else is going on? Um, while we're on the subject of climate change, we are seeing evacuations in Rhodes, Spain. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if Spain's being evacuated yet, is it? But it's like 45 degrees or something there. There's fires in Corfu right now. So it's all fun, fun, fun. Sky News were last night saying they were like, oh, you know, up to 10,000 Britons being evacuated from Rhodes and Corfu. And there's images of this sort of, you know, musty orange smoke and families missioning it, you know, away from resorts to a sports hall somewhere trying to find safety. And I'm looking at this footage. I'm like, the debate is over, guys, you know. Is climate change real? No, that, that debate is done now. You know, whatever the Tufton Street guys around the corner or or the green initiatives of BP, you know, whatever they might have you believe, like, is climate change real or how bad will it be? You know, the debate is done. Climate change is here now. It just is. You know, like these think tank types, these net zero watch motherfuckers. The Lawrence Foxes, the Hartley Brewers, like everyone that dismisses this stuff, you know, like, oh, well, it's bloody decades away, you know, oh, and it's just it's just typical bloody lefty hysteria is what it is, you know. All of that law or, or even the ones who feign corporate responsibility when they come out with shit like um, uh, here at Exxon Mobil, we're preparing for a cleaner future. Like it's too late. You've already fucked it, lads. It's here. It's happening now. And people are like, well, you know, maybe it won't be so bad. Like, I don't know if climate change is even real. And even if it is, you know, maybe it won't be that bad. Maybe it'll just be, you know, fine and manageable. It's here. It's already wreaking havoc. Like, you fuckers are like, you're like a drunk haulage driver who's plowed into a school bus. You know, and there's dead kids over here and there's bits of wreckage that flew off and impaled a father of two over there who just happened to be out jogging at 840 or whatever, you know. And you're just sat there slumped over your steering wheel. Paramedics are cutting you out. The whole thing is awful. But even then, with your bloodshot eyes and your whiskey breath, even then you're still sat there slurring. 
probably be all right, though. You know? <laughs> that's you. Guys, that's it. Um, aren't you doing a live show, Aid? Why, yes, I am. Imaginary audience member. Yes, I am. And you can still get tickets if you hit the link in the description. It is going to be at the Book Club in Shoreditch in London on the 28th of September. Uh, it's not that far away now. Uh, it's going to be me, Otto English, Ashley Hayden, John left at the countryside. So that is happening soon. Do grab a ticket before they are all gone. That is your warning. Um, also, if you can't make it to that one, I did mention at the beginning of the show, but do consider jumping on the Patreon. I started it super cheap, £3 a month. Um, and for that, you get to listen to the shows two days ahead of schedule. You know, before everyone else, you get a private RSS feed thing. You can plug that into your podcast player or, or whatever. Uh, there's uh, Discord chats. We're all in there every day. We talk shit about Tories. We share memes. I go in there after all of the episodes and we talk a bit about whoever I've had on, maybe as a guest. And we have in-person London meetups. I've done two of those so far. I'm going to try and do some more in the rest of the UK when I can, when budget permits. Uh, there's a monthly Skype call with yours truly. I jump on there. I have a beer. I had a, a beer with a guy called Stu from Scotland the other day. Really nice guy. Um, you get first dibs on the live show tickets. Oh, my God. There's even end of show credits. If you jump on patreon.com uh, forward slash aid Thompson, um, you get all of that shit. And, uh, uh, you know, like I know that I was ripping into the culty ideologues of Brexit earlier. Like I know, I know all of that, you know, with the Kool-Aid and all of that. But seriously, like after the apocalypse, you're going to need a tribe to survive. So join my cult now, people, fellow Binfluencers. People of the booge. Uh, speaking of which, big shouts to each and every one of my Patreon backers now. Uh, Bowman, Kai, Christy, David Voice, Mojo Sabian, Peter Del Monte, uh, Pingu, Silent, Stu, T-Rex, Aaron, Alex, Jeff, Ned, Sarah, Simon, uh, Ailsa, Anthony, Chris, Fat Shirley, <laughs> Mal, Rodri and Kerry, thank you so, so much, guys, for continuing your support of the podcast. Um, that's it. I've got to go. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe. I'm Ron Burgundy.